Hey, parent business owners, welcome to the Momentum Accountability Podcast. Today, I've brought Dove Gordon from ProfitableRelationships.com to talk about addressing what's in front of you and how you can change the world one person at a time with what you already have. So let's get started. How can you build and scale your business while raising kids at home, maintaining your sanity, and making a big impact in the world, even when schedules are super busy and you feel like you're being pulled in a million directions? How is it you can stay motivated and not lose yourself or why you started your business in the first place? That is the question, and this podcast will explore the answers. I'm Nettie Owens, and welcome to the Momentum Accountability Podcast. Sounds so profound. I know. Welcome. <laughs> so Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, tell me, uh, tell us a little bit more. Who are you? What do you do? How do you serve the world? Uh, Dove Gordon, where I'm from, New York. Currently live in Israel, actually, and uh, but grew up in, in New York. And um, what do I do? I, I help consultants get ideal clients consistently uh, by becoming what I think of as an under the radar leader in your industry, as opposed to you know, a celebrity or a Facebook ads ninja or a content marketing machine. Okay. Yeah. All good paths, but not for everyone. Not for everybody. Exactly. That's all right. Good not to They're do all, all at the same time. <laughs> and that's, that's a really important point because people often you know, they're really good at what they do and they get up in the morning and they're, and they're, they're asking, well, how do I get clients? This is not as easy as I expected it to be when I left my job. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then there's an endless line of people willing to tell them what to do. You've got to do this. You've got to be on LinkedIn. You've got to be on Facebook and you've got to set up an evergreen funnel and all that. Got to write a book, got to publish it, got to do a podcast. Right. And, you know, the, the irony is uh, the question of um, what should I do isn't so powerful. It takes people off in many different directions. You know, there's a better question to ask, which is, you know, what, um, what, what, because well, when you notice that all these things work, but all of them could fail, right. it's not right for everybody. So the question is to understand, well, when it works, why does it work? And when it fails, why does it fail? Because the bottom line is, and I don't know that we have time to go into this today, but bottom line is that everybody could find a, you know, a direct path to their clients that they could really enjoy and excel at. And that's, that was the key point. Excellent. And I love that point because I think it's a common um, struggle for, for any business owner to know what is that direct path to your clients um, so that they come to you with ease and abundance and, or at the level that you so desire um, while not spreading yourself too thin, while you can still work on the business part of things that you love, delivering you know, the service that you provide. So. It's a really good point. And I'm so glad you kicked us off with that. Um, we're going to dive in now to the life adventure that you experienced um, that's led kind of to the path that you're on now. So um, you were sharing with me before we, before we jumped in live here um, about something that happened to you when you were 18. Do you want to jump into that story? Yeah, so um, I was actually studying at a school in Jerusalem, as I mentioned, and uh, it was late at night one night. I, I think it was maybe it was a Thursday night. I don't know, towards the end of the week, as I recall. And I was just wandering around the center of town, which I didn't go to often, certainly not that time. But 
I was going for a walk just to see what's going on. And I saw two, two, two younger boys, young teens. It turns out they were 13 and 14. They were brothers. I didn't know that right away, of course. And they were standing and watching some guy doing a three-card Monty scheme with, uh, you know, with three cards and trying to trap suckers into uh, losing their money. Uh, and they were smoking. They had cell phones, which was not so common then. Now every, every, every six-year-old has a cell phone. But then, you know, it wasn't that common. But I remember, that's why I remember noticing it and the smoking. And I was listening to them kind of like overhearing because it was, it, was, it was strange. It was out of place. Like they didn't belong there. The fact that they were there, they shouldn't be there. They shouldn't have been there at that, that time of night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't remember exactly what happened. I think I, just, I kind of watched them a little bit, followed them maybe a little bit. And we ended up, somehow we ended up talking. It's been a long time. I don't really remember. Um, and over the next couple of years, you know, the, the, there was an older brother and a younger brother. I, I discovered that, well, I discovered pretty quickly that they, um, they were on their own pretty much. They were living with their mother who was really dysfunctional. She was uh, begging on the street. Um, their father was kind of very, you know, ill in a number of ways, physically, but also mentally very weak and unable to really be there. They had other siblings who were each busy with their families and their problems. Um, they're pretty much on their own at age 13 and 14, scraping by, um, selling drugs mm-hmm. you know, as a way of uh, supporting themselves. Um, and one of them, the older one, who I did not really feel I could help, mm-hmm. uh, ended up in jail. Uh, he was, I think, sentenced for 10 years. I don't know whatever happened to him. Uh, I, I only realized uh, not too long ago that I was one, uh, just thinking back about the story and I was like, whatever happened to him? Because he should, you know, 10 years passed by now. Right. So, but, but I did end up really getting to know the, the 13 year old. And over the next couple of years, I, you know, I found somebody who gave me $25,000 to, for that kid. Um, we you know, got him into a school that was a bit of a different school for kids who needed extra attention. Mm-hmm. Hired a psychologist for him to be visiting a couple of times a week and fired that psychologist and hired another one. And that was a really difficult story for that. That was challenging. Um, well, so and, I'm, know, wanted, right I'm up, curious, you know, as you're telling this, you're 18 years old, you're wandering the street yeah. at night and you come across going a for a walk. Of, yeah. Yeah. That just, um, that don't fit in there. And I, I'm, I mean, I know it's been a while, right. But can you take us back? That's, you know, what part of you said I should get involved with this kid's life and yeah, he's got a really tough situation, but you're 18. Like you're just getting out on your own as well. What yeah. you're only at this point, five years older and well, obviously still right. at this point, five years older. Um, yeah. Well, he's, yeah. he's now married with kids and he's got his own small business. So he's, uh, well, I mean, awesome, because I hadn't gotten to the point of what happened next, but I'm, I'm just really curious what was going on through your mind that said, I should, I should even get involved at all. Um, I, I, like you said, it's a long time ago, but I, I think it was probably a combination of curiosity and caring. You know, <laughs> I was probably like, what, what, something's wrong here. You know, noticing that something is really off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, they did look like good kids. You know, again, the old one uh, was a little bit, you know, probably a little bit more of a personality, you know, where he is not quite, some people, they're going to get in trouble, you know, 
I think the older one was going to get in trouble. Uh, not that he's a bad person, but I think that he doesn't read other people so well, mm-hmm. you know? So, and he was in a bad situation. So you put those two things together and he ended up getting himself in trouble. Again, not a bad person. It's unfortunate. I just didn't feel like I had the ability to help him. Mm-hmm. The second one I felt was street smart, savvy. Um, uh, he also brought himself into trouble, but nothing like his older brother. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I just remember, yeah, he also did end up in jail for a few months, but not 10 years. Um, and, uh, it, and I just, re- I, I just saw that, that he had potential. I just saw mm-hmm. that this is somebody who is just on their own and doesn't have anyone to talk to that is a, has any possibility of guiding him. But I also realized that he needed more than I could give him. It wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't going to try to do everything for him. I couldn't. I, I, was in, mm-hmm. I was studying myself and I had limited time and, and limited skills. But, but I, I do feel that that very much led me to, it was a big factor in moving on to coaching and consulting because the, the many conversations that I had with him, um, it was, uh, it, it was, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from it. So yeah, I think it was a combination of curiosity mm-hmm. and, and, um, and caring, you know, and yeah. recognizing that, that there's something here. I don't know what, but maybe I could do something about it. And, you know, I, looking back, I, I was able to. And yeah, it definitely did. Well, and, and looking, looking forward, I mean, just the fact now that you say he's grown, married, um, has his own business. Um, and yes, he might have been in jail for a short time, but it wasn't a defining factor in his life. And, yeah. you know, that's so significant when, when somebody doesn't have that support around them, you, you created that support for them. And I feel similarly that you do that in the work. Um, that you do in your business, not that, not that these businesses are necessarily on the brink, um, you know, of, or that they're, they're not about to go to jail, hopefully. Yeah. Right, right. Well, you never know. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you're coming in and providing that support and not, not even by yourself, like you're creating a system of support where people can, uh, can succeed. So um, that, that's pretty exciting to, to have that catalyst event, you know, when you were 18 years old. Um, one thing that you were communicating to me when we were talking about this was um, just addressing what was right in front of you, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was right. It was just seeing something in front of you and taking the next small step. And, you know, if that, if we're looking for a lesson for everybody for life, for myself is I think we, we always, I, I constantly remind myself that, okay, I don't need to know all the steps to get where I want to go. I don't need all the answers. I just need to know three things, my ultimate destination. Like, what does that look like? What is the picture of, of what I'm trying to create look like? Number two, how do I need to be as a person to fit into that picture? You know, we kind of imagine the movie of what we want things to be. That version of you has to be a higher version of you than the version of you that exists today. So you got to get clear. What do you want? How do you need to be a, as, a, as a person to fit naturally into that film? And then the next small step, we all want to know, well, what's going to be after that? How are we going to do it? How, how, how? But we can't know that. And yeah. we have to be willing to step forward and do it. And we have to be willing to follow our gut. I mean, that's something that, you know, as a kid, I remember reading a teenager reading some book that talked about, you know, listening to, listening to a hunch, I think it was. Or, uh, and I didn't know what that meant. And I was like, thinking that oh, that maybe something that some people have, but I, I think that I've really learned to listen to, you know, to, to my, to a hunch and to my gut and so on. I think it's really, 
it's really important. A lot of times we're faced with an opportunity and you know, the gut says you really should do this, but your brain kicks in and says, well, um, you know what, let, let's say it's like, you know, to invest with somebody like you, you know, a coach or a consultant, then mm-hmm. people are coming and their gut says, you know, I really should do this. And but their brain is going, well, it, it, it's expensive. I have no idea what you charge, but, but it's always expensive, <laughs> right? It's expensive. Uh, I don't know if you, sh- you know, um, I don't know what if it doesn't work. And in other words, our brain always has these questions that are directing us away, like, you know, away from the next step, away from something new. We have to listen to our gut in those situations. I don't know that everybody realizes that because we like to think that we're rational. But if we, th- if we think about it in the opposite situation, it's just the same. Sometimes, sometimes you have this gut feeling that you shouldn't do something, but you want to, and your brain is telling you, well, rationalizing it, it'll be okay. Don't worry. Nobody will know or, or this or that. And then we regret it at in the end. And it, it's remarkable to recognize that we have to learn to go with our gut uh, mm-hmm. and use our brain, uh, as Tony Robbins says, to ask a better question. I'll never forget you know, the simple example that he's used certainly decades ago. Is, you know, if you ask yourself, why am I so fat? Your brain gives you an answer. Well, because you're a pig. Uh, if you've got the same brain, if you ask that brain, how can I lose weight and enjoy the process? Same brain is giving you ideas. Right. So it's, uh, it's remarkable. We have to learn to listen to our gut. Their gut will always guide us, I think, in more or less in the right direction and then use our brain. So in that situation, I just felt like I probably had something to add. I didn't know what. I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, and, you know, I'll just, you know, the final point about I hired a psychologist. I, I remember I was running around, like, meeting different people, asking for introductions, referrals. We hired somebody. But, it, you know, after a couple of months, it wasn't really going anywhere, you know. The kid didn't feel like he was really getting anything from it. So I did some more research, met somebody else, and, and then I moved him from the first one to the second one. I was 18 years old. I, didn't, you know, like it, I did discuss it with, with somebody else, somebody older, because I felt like I, I wasn't qualified to really make that decision. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I had found somebody who trusted me enough to, to raise money for, for this kid. And it all went for him. It went to the psychologist. So went to, I didn't get anything from it. Psychologist mm-hmm. and school and, and um, just kind of, he, he needed, he's nobody, he, you know, either, either he was dealing drugs to, to, to pay his expenses or he needed, like he didn't have anybody giving him anything. Right. The most frustrating thing is he had, his grandparents were quite wealthy. Ugh. And, and that was just really frustrating because they could not, like, there was just like a, like a wall between, uh, it, some people just cannot get through. Like they right. couldn't, and he always, it, I bet it still bothers him till today that, that they just never saw him for who he was capable of being. Well, so. I'm glad you did. And I'm glad for the, the way the story has turned out. Um, if people are hearing this and they'd like to know how to be connected to you, they'd like to know more about profitable relationships and what you're talking about here, how can they get in touch? Well, we're uh, building profitablerelationships.com, but um, I'd like to, uh, give something that I think people would appreciate if you have a, a business. Um, and that is my manual. Uh, I call it how to systematically and consistently attract first rate clients. I sold it for five years for $97. So we act, this was created to sell, uh, but I started giving it away and I'm happy to give it away. So dovegordon.net forward slash netty, netty, N E T T I E. And, uh, in your honor, Thank you. I'm very honored. Thank you so much for sharing that with uh, with the listeners here. Extremely valuable, and uh, I will be checking it out myself. So thank you so much for that. That's good. It's good. Solid stuff. (laughs) Awesome. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Um, 
Any last parting words for our listeners who are trying to balance this whole business and family thing that they've got going on? What would you say? Well, uh, I've got six kids between seven and a half and 18 at this point or 18 and a half. And um, there's always, uh, there's always, there's always, uh, uh, many years ago, I, I really, you know, I would, I'm the kind of, I could work 12 hour days and just keep, there's always more to do. Um, but I realized as my kids were much younger, fortunately, and starting to get older, like I, I carved out, you know, evenings. So mm-hmm. um, because I'm in Israel, a lot of my clients are in North America or actually other places too, but uh, I could work 18 hours a day, you know, between Australia, you know, going across Asia, Europe, uh, North America. So I could easily work 18 hours a day and always have who to talk to and so on. So I, I drew a line and, and there are a few evenings a week that I'm home for supper and bedtime and that's it, no matter what, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. not available. And I really think that we do have to draw those lines in certain places. It makes a difference. Uh, you know, the, the other, some the other nights I may not be, but those nights I am. And I know that, I know that it matters to them. So that's good. Excellent. Boy, do they grow up quickly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure to Thanks have you. Thanks for having me. Um, For those of you listening, if you loved this show, if you really connected with it, I would encourage you to take a screenshot, post it, share it on social media. We are a new podcast that's growing audience. And um, so every like, share and follow counts for us. um, And we hope that you will continue to listen. Thank you. Thank you. I'll share it. What would it be like if you could find a way to grow your business and be available for your family? It may seem impossible now, but I would love to share the nine principles of sustainable business and life success. I talk about them in my book, The Roadmap to Freedom. You can grab this resource and more tools to help you manage your time, increase your revenue, take action on what you know, and still be a great parent. Just text the word FREEDOM to 411321. That's freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 411-321. You've got this. Valuable periodic updates will be sent to you by Optinum. Message and data rates may apply. For help texting, call 908-588-7007. And you can always text STOP to 411-321 to stop receiving updates.